You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of First and Ten right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Your host, Dave Sturchell, alongside bloggingtheboys.com writers Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina. Fellas, we have just crowned brand new world champions of football. The Los Angeles Rams win it at home two years in a row now that the Super Bowl team hosted and won and got it done. The confetti falls 23 to 20. The uh the Rams get it done over Joe Burr and uh and that's the end of that story for this year so I mean first you know I'll get with you guys first on your reactions to the game and then I'll follow up we'll start with Tony Tony you got obviously Stafford finally gets the monkey off the back literally like throughout the entire playoffs finally gets that playoff win Beckham scores cup goes nuts how how, what's your takeaways from the Rams Super Bowl 56 victory I mean, I think it's it's pretty eye eye opening for the league, right? I think there's more than one way to skin the cat in the NFL, right? If you know, sometimes you can get all in and, and uh you know spend a little bit of money to get that championship, or sometimes you can get homegrown talent, kind of like the Cincinnati Bengals did a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I think for the rest of the league and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, more specifically, I think there's a little bit of a blueprint here. I think if the Cowboys want to get a little aggressive in free agency, I think they can find a way to to get over that hump because you know Matthew Stafford in Detroit was known for a guy who couldn't get it done in the playoffs and Odell Beckham was a you know a a team crusher and whatever the case may be and I think the Rams flip all those narratives on the head and they're Super Bowl champions because of it you mentioned free agency and there was one picture that floated around as soon as the game was over I don't know if you guys caught this but a certain wide receiver from New Orleans decided to tweet out a picture of him and uh, Michael Parsons and that being Michael Thomas. So maybe there's a way we can go over and get Michael Thomas from New Orleans somehow. Aiden, uh, listen, you know, what? let's not, you know, sugarcoat this. We, we, we are well aware that your family is all Rams all day and you're the cast off and you decided to choose poorly choose the Dallas Cowboys for your team to root for, but I'm happy for your family. I'm happy that those guys are happy. What's the vibes like over there? And where are you from Austin? So I'm originally from Dallas. Where are you at now? I'm in Austin currently. Okay. Just by myself. What the hell I was talking about. How are the vibes (laughs) in Austin, Texas right now as the Rams hoist the Lombardi? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I like the, I, I'll root for the Rams if it's not the Cowboys just because of the rest of the family. But right now got the rest of the family there. Mom's in the hospital right now. And so it's been, it's been nice because that my dad had to watch it from the hospital. And so it's, it was good that we are, it's kind of been a little bit of a tough weekend not to share too much, but it was, it was really fun that the Rams won the Super Bowl, And at least there's a little bit of happiness around. I'm sure the rest of the family in New Mexico is probably going wild right now. 
Oh, that's excellent, and I'm sorry to hear about uh, your mom there, but I know if, if anybody's a movie buff out there, uh, Major League Two, uh, Co- Coach Lou was in the, the hospital when the when the Indians won the World Series. I can foresee your dad going absolute nuts, or bad stuff, oops, sorry, uh, bad <laughs> nuts um, for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. But overall, as, as far as a game plan is concerned, did the Rams have it all figured out right away? I mean, we all kind of knew going into this game that it was going to be it was going to be uh, a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, which it was, right? And their running game, you know, the, the Bengals running game was absolutely obsolete, right? That just didn't exist. Did the Rams have the blueprint going into this? Like, did they kind of outcoach this team and, and already have it well scouted out to get this done? I don't know if the Rams necessarily had the blueprint, but I think that what we saw in this game is exactly what a lot of us expected to happen, right? Like the Rams came in with an elite defensive line. The Bengals came in with a relatively weak offensive line. And that's what we saw throughout the entire game. And especially in the second half, Joe Burrow, he couldn't get a throw off without one of the Rams defenders being back there. And so I think the narrative that we've been seeing a lot with the Cowboys is, well, Joe Burrow's doing it without an offensive line. Well, if Joe Burrow can do it without an offensive line, why can't Dak? And I, we saw it. You just, it's not sustainable at some point. At some point, you're going to go through an elite defensive line, and there's just nothing the offense can do if you can't p- provide protection. And so the w- number one narrative coming out of this, I think, is going to be well, Joe Burrow's young and he's he'll get back to the Super Bowl eventually. And I hate that narrative because what we saw from Russell Wilson, the Seahawks is, man, you, you have a few opportunities to make it to the Super Bowl and you just don't know what you're going to do after that. And so feel bad for Bengals fans. And, but I mean, the offensive Cowboys fans pay attention because the offensive line matters and it made a big difference in this game. Tony, when you see the Rams hoist a Lombardi and, and Cooper Cup wins the MVP with a couple touchdown catches, and that last drive by Matt Stafford was absolutely legendary and it's everything that you you want out of your starting quarterback. When you look at this Rams team now, right? I mean, the unfortunate part is Beckham does score a touchdown, but then he goes out early with an injury. You know, the world was focused on Cooper Cup at the end of that game, towards the end of that game. There was nowhere for him to go, and for him to get that last touchdown was just incredible. Do the Rams have themselves a little bit of a dynasty in the making? Do they have enough capital to keep all these guys? Because, look, their draft stock, they have no draft picks. Like, they, they've get, they've given away everything to acquire this talent. Do they have enough? I mean, look, I'm not going to look up the salary numbers right now, but do you foresee Stafford being in L.A. as a force to be reckoned with year in and year out for at least the remote future? I mean, I think that's a multi-million dollar question at this point because um, they did mortgage their future for right now and it paid off. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the ones celebrating there. You know, as we speak right now, they're popping bottles and going crazy after winning the Lombardi trophy. So uh, moving forward, um, you know, you got to look at it and see and kind of crunch the numbers. I think um, Odell Beckham this week came out and said that he would love to still stay in L.A. and, you know, to have him and may take um some you know home hometown discounts and some uh some different um money maneuvers that they're gonna have to make some you know money flipping gymnastic wise but uh you know it, it's it's you're gonna have to look at it and they're gonna have to be real serious about it because at the end of the day like you mentioned um the draft picks are very minimal if any at all at this point and um it's not a sustainable way to continue to just try to you got to hit on free agency every single year and you're spending too much money so i don't know exactly where the rams future looks like right now but i know in the current day they won a super bowl and uh, if, if you're looking about the here and now it worked out and it might be something other teams might have to take a look at as well 
Yeah. So, all right. So, obviously, look, I'm sure there's a million and one Rams podcasts out there that are going to go celebrate this, you know, this, this uh, Super Bowl victory. And we're not going to be that one. Uh, unfortunately, as well, first of all, I mean, call it how it is. I, I just want to be the first to wish everybody out there a very happy Valentine's Day. And I know there's a lot of broken hearts out there because. A, you're a Bengals fan, or B, you're a Cowboys fan, and your broken heart is still not completely solved or or mended or or fixed, right? So I'm looking at this game now, and I'm looking at both of these teams. I'm looking at the Bengals, the youth, the uh, the young coach, the the Joe Burrow effect, right? The, the Jamar Chase. Then you look at the Rams. They bought their way into this thing. They got a a, a win now mentality, win now roster. How far are the Dallas Cowboys away from being in this game? I'm not talking about hoisting a Lombardi. I'm talking about being here, Aiden. What is the what's the next step that the Dallas Cowboys got to take to get to this promised land? Because look, now that we've seen the Bengals do it after they won two games two years ago, they won four games last year, and then they appeared in the Super Bowl. What is it going to take for the Cowboys to get back? You know what? I'm teetering between what once the 49ers game hit, I was, I was kind of resigned to the Cowboys. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy into this team until we see it happen until they're in the NFC championship. And there's a real, real possibility, but watching two four seeds compete in the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to get there, but they pretty much proved that in any given year, you make it into the playoffs and you got a real shot. Like I, before this game, I I just looked at it. The preseason odds, they were giving the Bengals a 0.8% chance to win the Super Bowl and the wow. Rams a 6.3% chance. Cowboys were at 3.2. And so, I mean, even going into the playoffs, the Bengals were at 5.3% and the Cowboys were at 7.7. Obviously, the Bengals didn't win it, but I mean, in any given year, the Cowboys could have that magical run, that Bengals run, that Rams run, where maybe we don't expect it and they make it to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think what we did learn is that you you just don't know how close you are until you're actually in the game and competing like the Rams and the Bengals. So I, I wish it was a more definitive answer, but I honestly have no idea. Tony, could we have beaten the Bengals tonight? It's funny to say that because at the end of the day, uh, we couldn't beat the 49ers and we lost to the wild card. <laughs> I'm talking about so. the 49ers here, Tony. <laughs> yeah, about listen. The we have beaten the Bengals. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say no because they made it there and we didn't. At the end of the day, it's it's tough to pick the team that you know got on a run and got the Super Bowl and we couldn't do it. So I'm not gonna pick them to win. No. What's the landscape like, Tony, uh, of the NFC now going forward? You obviously you have Stafford and the Rams, and if they can keep their their band together, they'll they'll be running around right. And then now all of a sudden over the weekend you get a little Kyler Murray nonsense. I don't know if anybody's reading into that, but. All of a sudden, he's going into boohoo mode, and he might want out, and then Russ might be on the move, and now Brady retires, and Willie Stay retired, who knows, you know, and then you got uh, Aaron Rodgers, more than likely now, from what I've read and from my sources of, of knowing that there's a million Packer people around me, it looks like the, the Green Bay Packers are about to willing to pay Rodgers top dollar just to stick around for the next two years. What's the landscape like for the Dallas Cowboys heading into the NFC next year? I mean, like, do you foresee them getting out of their division relatively easy? Or do you see like, I don't know, the Giants making some kind of a big drastic jump because of their coaching hires and whatnot? How do you, how do you see the Cowboys in the NFC? I mean, I think the Eagles with their draft picks, regardless of what they've done in the past, I think the Eagles have a chance to uh, drastically improve their team. I think the Giants are making some smart coaches. Giants, um, 
the years of them being inept might be on the on the way out, but you know it's still the Giants, so we'll wait and see how that goes. But as the NFC as a whole goes, um, it's as it's as wide open as it's ever been. I mean, with the way, like you said, with Aaron Rodgers, they might throw the money at him, but he's so finicky; you just don't know what he wants to do day to day. Tampa Bay not going to be the same team. It doesn't matter who they bring out there. He's not going to be Tom Brady. Um, so you know the Cowboys have an opportunity to do. Um, a lot of good things in the NFC next year. I think they could represent this uh, conference in the Super Bowl, but I do really feel like this year was one of the best chances they had in a long time. So I'm still a little bitter. I'm still a little snake bitten about this team. We're going to have to see what the draft looks like and the free agency looks like, but there's still absolutely no reason to think that they shouldn't compete and be right there in the mix of everything. Aiden, is the writing on the wall for us to be there for when the Rams, uh, you know, hire their, hire their, or put their, banner in the rafters on week one of next year is it rams cowboys at sofi on thursday night no i i think there's next to a zero percent chance that happens Ooh. just because i don't think the nfl would want that to be the opening game two years in a row i think that they at least want some type of diversity and who the opening kickoff is i mean because that opening game is big right like everybody is hyping those two teams up like let's start this season off with two powerhouse teams and I was a little bit surprised the Cowboys were the that team in twenty like I guess this past season twenty twenty one. There was a lot. There was there was a lot of stuff with the, with Dak coming back and then you know McCarthy yeah, with yeah. a new year and blah 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 and Parsons and everything like that. So I can see that, but yeah, I mean to do it two years in a row. There's the people already surfacing on Twitter right now um, that it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be the the opening of that game. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm saying Dallas opens in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Mike McCarthy back to Green Bay. I do think that the Rams Cowboys game will be a prime. It's inevitably going to be a primetime game, assuming that, I mean, the Rams are, they don't get flexed out of because one of the two teams is disappointing next year. But be bad. I, I, yeah, I, I do think what this game will be in primetime. All right. Just not on Thursday night to open the season. All right. So who is it then? Who, who, who are the Rams opening up against? I haven't even <laughs> looked at their schedule. I say, uh, I say, why not? Why don't we, why don't we make it a division game? Make it the 49ers. The new look 49ers without Jimmy G. We'll see. A lot of, lot of, lot of storylines to play out, but we are in the offseason officially as of today, February the 14th, 2022. The Rams are your champs. Now it's the offseason. It's time to get to work. So what does that mean for the Dallas Cowboys? So us three have already thought about a couple priorities, a couple things that you know the Cowboys have to get done once the league year starts, which I believe is March something. March, probably the first week of March is when the new league year starts where you can re-sign your players, where you can, you know, free agency starts up. All this stuff that, you know, you obviously get the, the combine first and everybody's going to be watching the underwear Olympics and everything like that, which is fine, you know, which is fun and good for ratings. But, Tony, I'll start with you. Your three priorities that the Dallas Cowboys should put at the top of their list, and we can have the same ones, okay? This isn't an RJ Ochoa vehicle where once you say one, you can't use another one. This is our show. This is how we're going to do it. So what are your three top three priorities for the Dallas Cowboys heading into 2022, the, the official offseason? First and foremost, I think they got to solidify the offensive line. I think everything starts up front. Now, how do you um, want to do that? How do you want to do that? 
I mean, I'm not in the I'm not in the the team or the camp of trying to get rid of Tyron Smith. I still think he's that guy on left tackle. If he's if he's on the field, which is you know few and far between at this point in time, but if he is on the field, he's still one of the top tier left tackles. I think Lowe Collins is that right tackle. I think he is um, a better football player than Lowe Collins. But you know, putting the point blank period, I think what uh, excuse me, Lowe Collins is better than Terrence Steele at this point in time, but. Terrence Steele, you know, not to take anything away from him and what he's done. Um, Terrence Steele has improved. I just think Lowell Collins needs to be at the right tackle spot. I think they need to solidify and find somebody to come in and play the left guard spot. I mean, if you can upgrade the center spot, that's fine. Offensive line, number one. Number two, I think Kellen Moore needs to uh, to get to the back to the drawing board. I think him and Dak have to spend an offseason and spend some time together and kind of just figure out what works for this team. What worked in the first half of the season that didn't work in the sec- second half of the year. Um, so I think trying to get that offensive continuity is number important is uh, the second most important thing there. And then number three is to kind of just, um, you know, try to build off this. I know the free agency is going to be super important. I know the draft is going to be super important, but um, I think we've touched on it now. And I think this is coming. I'm not trying to be, a, um, you know, in the moment about it with the Rams winning, but I think they've shown you a recipe that you can, you know, build off with the free agency. You're still going to draft well, just because you, you sign people in free agency doesn't mean the draft has to, um, be the only source of income, so to speak, on this team, right? Um, try to build up on the draft, um, get in the free agency market, and try to go out there and find somebody that can upgrade your team. And don't be afraid to throw around a little money. The cap can be manipulated. I know Stephen Jones is afraid of that, but at the same time, this team has to find a way to continue to progress. And those are the three most important things. They do that, and they'll be right there in the mix with one of the best teams in NFC again this year. Aiden. Top three priorities for the Dallas Cowboys this offseason. Yeah, I'm going to go with number one, right when free agency starts. I Free agency is always a weird thing because I never really know. It always There's always a date for when it starts, but you always get people signing contracts before. I don't really understand it, but there's a, tam- there's a tampering period. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. So I'd say no, number one priority, the first second you have a chance. Resign Randy Gregory, resign Jaron Curse, and resign Brian Anger. I think that's three guys that, despite yeah, what Tony said, Stephen Jones's horrific idea of what the cap is. I think those guys can be resigned. I think you can find a way onto the team. Then number two, I'd say you have to figure out the offensive line. And I've kind of put our offensive linemen into two different categories. I think that there's players that you could cut or trade that are might be in danger of if you want to free up some cap space get it done and i think that'd be connor williams um lyle collins like tony said and then i kind of put tyron smith in there i don't think it's going to happen but maybe you try and figure that out the then the other group of offensive linemen that this is the group that I'm calling figure out their future with this team because you there's the old saying where if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. I kind of felt like it was the same way with the offensive line this year where the constant reshuffling, the constant this player, that player, it just ended up hurting us at the end. So I think Tyler Biotish, Connor McGovern, and Terrence Steele, figure out what you're doing with them and stick with it, whether that be trade, whether that be promote them to the full-time starter. I don't want us to get into the 2022 year with this wishy-washy, who will it be, who's going to start. I'm tired of that. Figure it out. And then the number three, I'm just the number three priority. And that this can actually start today. 
stop all the drama. I'm tired of it. Stop the we've what we're we haven't even hit the off season and we've already had drama about our head coaches, our star <laughs> receiver, our defensive end, and then the potential or Sean Payton. Let's stop all this drama. I know it's not all due to the Cowboys, but just stay out of the news. You're a 12 and five team. Stop acting like you're the big men on campus. Just let's coast through the off season, do what we need to do and get ready for next year. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Well, I, I like everything that you guys have said. Um, I definitely put the offensive line on my list as well. I think that they have to figure out what they want to do with these guys. You can't just have them in limbo. And I want those decisions made relatively early, meaning like they have it. The continuity uh, continuity is there. And then we stick with the plan. That's kind of where I want to go with Micah Parsons as well. Are we going to move him to edge or are we going to have him at linebacker? Let's not take this all the way to September where we're like, oh, we can do both. You know, like, let's not do that. Let's not waste this kid's talent. We're well aware that he can do it all, right? He's he's, a, he's the lion. He's the linebacker. He's always hungry. He's, all, you know, all that good stuff. While I'm cool with the monikers and I'm cool with all that stuff, I want to figure out what to do with this guy. If you really want to rush him off the edge, then we can have that conversation of, how much are you willing to spend Randy Gregory? Or is that going to be a Robert Quinn type casualty where he had a great year, a full year, and all of a sudden you just you let him walk, right? And you see where he goes from there. And, and you know, you wish him well, but you're going to have Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. If you don't want that, if you want to move in the linebacker with the option to to blitz him at times, I'm, I'm sure Dan Quinn has a million things he can do with Micah Parsons. But I think if you solidify this kid's role, He'll be better. You know, if, you, if you're throwing him all over the place and you're having him cover this guy and then you're having him rush this guy and then you're putting three, you know, your, your three fingers in the dirt ready to rush the quarterback. I think it's just a lot for, for a young kid. And, you know, be that as it may, I, I think, look, I think he's capable of doing all that stuff, which is great. We have a versatile uh, linebacker slash edge rusher. Great. I think they just got to make a decision. I, I don't know. I, maybe I just maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just. Again, if you just let me let the fan base know, let the coaching staff know, hey, listen, he's our edge guy. Do what you can with the edge guy, you know, or he's our linebacker. He's going to roam a little bit and we're going to send him when we need to Then do that, too. You know what I mean? Like just get a uh, get a role um, ironed out for a guy like Micah Parsons. And that's the same thing with the offensive line. Um, I, look, I love Tyron Smith. Big tree fall hard. I've said it for a long time. And, and the guy goes down a lot. And, and I don't know how how much more time we're willing to invest in another 17 game season coming up. I don't know if you're going to be willing to say like, Oh, you know, how many times have we gone through the last couple of seasons? Like, will he or won't he go this week? You know, there's been a lot of that. And that's, that's something you just don't want to deal with 
time and time again. And and you don't want to deal with that questionable injury tag. And then Jerry Jones coming on the radio on Thursday saying, yeah, he's a go. And then Mike McCarthy on a Friday says, I don't know about that yet. You know what I mean? Just we got to solve it. If he gets healthy, great. That's 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 fantastic. Um, But I truly believe that they have to figure out what they want to do and they have to figure it out quick. The other thing I want to say and prioritize is Kellen Moore's usage of what we have like he knows he's going to go into the season no matter what he knows Dak Prescott's his quarterback he also knows he has Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott right the receivers are a mystery right now because of obviously all the rumors going on but I firmly believe if I had a guess right now Amari Cooper's back next year I have no doubts I, I honestly don't have any doubts in my mind if they restructure that would be fantastic but I don't know if they're going to do that either we'll see um, Michael Gallup could be the cap casualty because of the knee. And now he's, you know, he's, I don't know if he takes a hometown discount. Great. But then you have CD lamb. Now you have CD lamb. You know, this already Kellen Moore needs to know where to put this kid so he can excel. Right. We all know that he can't really excel if he's on the outside one-on-one, right? Like, yes, he'll beat a couple corners here and there, but he's obviously a, a more of a heavy hitter, a home run type hitter when he's lined up in the slot and he's able to do things in space. Figure that out, Kellen. You have the tools in the toolbox. It's time for you to learn how to use these guys and do it relatively early. So we're going to implement some kind of new plan, then let's do it and let's roll with it. And then you guys talked about this in the bring back of Dan Quinn and the bring back of Kellen Moore is there's continuity, right? There's like familiar faces, familiar verbiage. You're not reinventing the wheel. Just fix it. You know what I mean? Just fix it. And I know it sounds a lot easier coming from, you know, people in the media and the fans are like, oh, just fix it. It'll be fine. You know, I, I know it's a lot harder said than done, but I just think that when you have a guy like Dak Prescott, who's a natural born winner, I still believe that despite the fact, you know, that he couldn't get it done in, uh, against San Fran. I don't blame that all on Dak. And there's other podcasts that will run that kid through the dirt as much as they possibly can. And now they're going in and saying, oh, well, Joe Burrow just jumped them in the rank. I don't care where they're ranked going into this year. You know, I used to harp and and lose my breath over trying to validate and, and, and convince people that Dak Prescott was a top five quarterback in the NFL. I'm not doing that this year. I'm, I'm just going to say, look, that's our quarterback. That's it, right? Like, he's going to either play, he's going to win, he's going to play, he's going to lose. You know, like, every time Tony Romo took under center, I, I thought that every ball that left his hand was going to get picked. Every ball, no matter what, like his whole career, I thought that. So when he did lace him in there and he put it, you know, or he dropped one in the bucket or did something, I'm like, wow, what an incredible throw. But my expectations were super low, you know? So now that's where I'm at with Dak Prescott. I love the kid. I think he's a baller. I think he's a hustler. I think he's a winner. My expectations are lowing. That's priority is to not overhype this team either. You say stay out of the newspaper, stay out of the headlines. I'm saying don't get on hard knocks, which obviously they're not going to. But, like, don't. Uh, you know, do the whole two one four. You know, like don't moniker yourself. Just play football. You know, I know that's it sounds it sounds ridiculous on how easy that could be, but the Dallas Cowboys have always been this polarized, you know, organization that everybody. You know, I, I attest this to what, and I'll ask you guys your thoughts. Did you guys hear what Emmett had to say over the weekend? You know, about the the Cowboys. So it's like, boy, oh boy, like he's literally saying, guess what, guys? None of you, none of you are stars yet like win something and then you're a star do you agree with that aided i mean yeah i like this is what i'm saying like i'm i can't i can't go through another off season of jerry jones acting like 
we're the team that everybody wants to be. I mean, sure, maybe financially, just because you make a lot of money, but outside of the money aspect of it, and maybe outside of the recognition, I mean, Shadobi Awuzie said before the Super Bowl, he said, I've played under the big lights, and I like playing like outside of the spotlight a whole lot more. Like, I just think at some point it's hurting you where there's such a big spotlight on Dak's like America's quarterback. Everybody's going to pay attention to him. And when he has a bad game, everybody's going to criticize him. So, I mean, it's, there's just, when you are the center of attention, when, because you do this, I mean, part of it is the Cowboys do this to themselves, right? Like they get ahead of themselves. They start, getting too big for their bridges. And then when they fail, everybody's like, ha, I told you so. So I think you're right. I'm just, the Cowboys have earned nothing yet. They act like they've have everything. And I'm, I'm this off season. They need to change that. I just, please stay out of the news. Stop acting like you own the entire state of Texas. Tony, do you agree with this sentiment that the Cowboys are kind of falling into this category of, of feeling themselves and overhyping themselves while they haven't really done anything? <laughs> I mean, it's tough not to not to think that at this point, right? Twenty six years without a championship, and we really haven't even really been close. I mean, anything deeper than the divisional round is unfamiliar to this franchise in the last quarter century. So, um, yeah, Jerry Jones can go out there and say anything he wants about this team and the appeal, and he's absolutely right. I mean, this team is box office. This team is uh, is full of. Um, star potential, and they always get the camera and the and the light. I mean, how many times did we see um, the big networks we shall not name talking about them, even though they've been out of the playoffs for a month, or you know what I mean? So, and that's fine. Like you said, at the end of the day, I would take a little less publicity, a little less hype to just go out there and just win football games. And that you know, at the end of the day, Aiden's on the money with that. I mean, let's let's stay quiet this off season. Let's just go about our business because there are some smart guys on this team. There's some smart guys in this organization like Will McClay that can turn this team around and go ahead and take us where we want to go. Um, understanding what needs to be done. There is winners. I mean, say what you want about Jerry Jones. He does have three championships. He's been there. He's been a he's been an owner that has a winning pedigree. Um, but ultimately, we all understand how hard it is to win in the NFL. And every year, 31 teams are disappointed. The Cincinnati Bengals, they lost today. You know, as we're recording this, it's Sunday after the Super Bowl, they lost. Great story. At the end of the day, they didn't get the job done. And it's a tough pill to swallow when you get that close. But it's a tough pill to swallow to, to not make the playoffs, to lose in the wild card round. So the Cowboys got a lot of work on their hands. And I think this is the year that the... I think at least the sentiment that I've seen around the fan base and at least maybe this, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I just the whole I'm just tired of the whole, you know, this team It's this year is different because I was wrong. And maybe I just got egg on my face about it because the whole year I just felt like I had a different vibe. And all they did was pull the wool over my eyes and we're sitting here having this woes me conversation on Super Bowl Sunday that we've had for 26 years now. Yeah, no, I hear you. Hey, just out of curiosity, you know, we talked about Joe Burrow and getting there. You know, there was a lot. And I think maybe it was Aiden who said it on Twitter. Like, there was a lot of arse kissing when it comes to Joe Burrow, okay? There was a lot of hype going into this kid's swag and drip and moxie and this and that. Did that get into his head there, Aiden? Do you think that there was any sign of that tonight where he kind of felt like, you know, he was in there, right? He's he's 
He's what I mean, I, everybody saw what he walked into the stadium with, and he looked like he looked ridiculous. And everybody's like, oh, look at that swag. I'm like, look at that ridiculous. Like, that was not that was not swag to me. That was just looking foolish. Um, you looked like Cam Newton from a couple years back, you know. And look, same result. Uh, but like, do you buy into the fact that maybe there was a little bit of uh, you know, a little, a little feeling himself a little too much going into this game? I'm actually gonna I don't think so just because i mean we saw it against the chiefs where joe burrow came into the stadium with a snazzy outfit he kind of walked around like he had a little bit of he had won he won it before and they came back against the chiefs they got punched in the mouth in the first half and they came back so credit on credit for joe burrow it's work i guess this is kind of working for him this swagger act so i don't think it affected him the only thing i'll say is i do think the Cooling of the narratives, it's going to happen. People are going to take a step back on Joe Burrow a little bit. Maybe that, I don't think that's going to affect him mentally. Maybe it does. Hopefully it doesn't. But like the reason I sent out the tweet is because, uh, I mean, it is ridiculous how much people were like loving Joe Burrow. And don't get me wrong, great quarterback, fun to watch. I really like watching him play. But like, let's stop acting like he's the greatest quarterback of all time now. Like, I sent out a post, I think it was like a month ago. And I said, just, I said, Dak Prescott is just on the same tier as Joe Burrow in my eyes. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement now that he's made the Super Bowl, but I just said, he's on the same tier as Joe Burrow. Everybody said, no, Joe Burrow's way better than Dak. There's no way like they're on the same tier. And I'm just, let's cool it on Joe Burrow a little bit. (laughs) Take a step back. Joe, Joe cool. Definitely cooled down a little bit today. And now, you know, he's, He's he's leaving 2022 with an AFC title, and that's it. But I get I think I speak for all Cowboys fans and saying I would absolutely kill for an, uh, an NFC title at this point. But I I did send out a tweet uh, earlier tonight, right before the game started, and, or no, yeah, it was right before the game started. I saw both teams like running back to their locker rooms, right? They're about to get introduced, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, like Tony, I'm going to ask you this. You're you're just as much of a a crazy person as me. I think Aiden might be a little bit more reserved. Um, I don't know. I've never watched the game with him, but do you think you could have handled this? Like, could we handle this as grown adults? Like, I'm I was ten when they won last time, and even I remember crying after the onside kick was recovered by Pittsburgh, and then they panned over to Bill Cower, and he's like, "Let's go, let's go!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose! I can't believe it!" And I start crying, and you know, I'm a ten year old kid, right? Can I handle, like, as a thirty six year old man, can I handle? the Dallas Cowboys being in the Super Bowl. Like, do you think you can handle it, Tony? I, I'm so glad you asked me this question because I legitimately think about this all the time. And I truly don't know if I have the heart. Like, I don't know if my heart is strong enough to handle the stress because I know how I feel during a game in September. If this game is anything deeper than, I mean, the wild card game, I was praying to God like you wouldn't believe. Like, I was sitting at the chapel. Like, I mean, for me, it was, it's, to I can't even fathom it. Like I said, it's right. been 26 years since I've ever even sniffed like an NFC championship game, Super Bowl. So like for me, I have no idea how I'm going to be able to physically, mentally handle something like that. And you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch the confetti fall on a team that wins that conference championship, get a little teary eyed about it. Cause like, I want to feel that so bad. And then you see Aaron Donald, you know, blubbering in tears after the game. And I'm just like, I would give literally anything for that to be my team. And then just the, the instant regret of knowing, or just the instant emotion of knowing 
eight months before we even get to do this again, whatever the time may be. And then we got to go through all of it again and fool myself like, hey, we got this. We can get there. And then I, 26 years of that I mean, exact Jekyll and Hyde type stuff, man. Does it feel does it feel like we just go through this? <laughs> this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but I think the people that are listening to this can relate. Like, is it just like the same story every year? Like hype, excited. We, we get off to a good start. We go through a slump. We get into the playoffs. Very hyped. Losing the playoffs. Watch another team win the Super Bowl. Repeat. <laughs> Do the same damn thing over again. Like, are we programmed now, Aiden, to just kind of accept defeat and just kind of say, hey, you know what? Next year, we're going to get super excited and we're going to find every single reason I can think about. Like, my dad was born in 1957. Next year is Super Bowl 57. That means we're going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, I, I come <laughs> up with these crazy things in my head of reasons why we should win the title. And then we're just we're back here on a podcast on Super Bowl night talking about how, you know, Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl. Do you get that way? Oh, I mean, do I? Absolutely. Every I mean, 2014, 26, especially 2014, I think. We it got to the point where me and my dad were looking in. Can we afford Super Bowl tickets? Like we were actually like thinking about like, can this can this anyway? I I just I absolutely get in that groove that up and down. And let me just say, it's not entirely ridiculous. If you're a fan who gets overhyped, or even if you're a Cowboys fan who gets mad at other people for getting excited, I just say. Everybody gets hyped about their team. Even the Jets. I'm sure there's a couple Jets fans. I mean, I guess you know this better than I do, sir. I'm sure that there's Jets fans who believe maybe this is a playoff year for us, even though we know it's not. Like I want to say, not like if there if if there's one. Let's just use Jerry, right? If there's a pie, right? There's a pie, right? There's a hundred percent of a pie. I would say ninety percent of that pie of being a fan is hope, right? Exactly. I mean, like, what, there's nothing you can't. You can't just sit there and be like, you know, I don't know. I, I, you can't get too high, can't get too low. But at the same time, we we do every year. We get high, we get low. <laughs> like, I mean, what's the point of rooting for a team if you're not gonna when that team is playing well? Why you're like not believing that they can do it? Like, what's the point? Because then they do it, and you're like, oh, I was wrong. Well, then, I mean, <laughs> congrats. I mean, I, like you never got you never got your hopes up. What's the point? The Half the fun of sports is getting your hopes up. Sure, we're going to get disappointed. That's half of the excitement of sports. It's okay <laughs> if you get your hopes up. It's Especially it's the MO of a Dallas Cowboys fan. If you're just jumping on the bandwagon right now, like if you have, like for instance, I have a son. He's only three months old, so he has no idea what's happening. But when he starts to learn, and my, even my daughter, like they, they start to learn about the teams. You know, I made a joke today. That, you know, it was my son's first Super Bowl. Like, he got to see his first Super Bowl ever. And he's not going to remember it, obviously. But, like, I sit there and I said, and you know what, Miles? Next year, the Cowboys will be in it. And little does he know that dad says that every year. <laughs> so, I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and pretend that we don't have this expectation and this hype. Look, we're the Yankees of football. You know what I mean? Like, we expect to win championships every single year. There's not other fan bases like this. I was talking to my business partner about this. We were dissecting the fan bases, right? So, like, if you look at the, like, I don't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, for instance, like, they're not any good right now. But if they get to a playoff game and they play well, they're going to be like, wow, what a year, you know? But if the Cowboys lose in the wild card round, they're like, 
this is the biggest failure I've ever experienced as a Cowboys fan. And that's just that's part of it, right, Tony? I mean, you got to admit that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've like I said, I, I think I've mentioned it a few times on the round on the round table here itself. Like it's <laughs> when the Cowboys lost this year, I, I really tricked myself and I trick myself every year, just like you guys. This is the year. This team is different. We can do this this year. But this year, I legitimately believe that. And and to come out there and I ignored you all the silly, signs. Silly goose, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am a damn fool for that because I still <laughs> really believe that this team, you know, despite what the offense looked like in the second half of the season, despite everything they told us about San Francisco being a tough matchup, I'm like, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna shut this league up, and they're in trouble because this is our year. I mean, I, I'm, you know, in my day to day nine to five job, I took it off tomorrow. You know, as you're listening to this, it'll be Monday. I took the work off at September 30th because I was so <laughs> confident that I was going to be celebrating. And and look at this. I get the day what off. A little, this, what a yeah. little request for a little PTO there. Yeah, All a little right. PTO. Right. It's called prepare the others because the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl because, you know, <laughs> and it didn't work out like that. But, hey, I'm still going to enjoy the day off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, listen, look, it, it is part of being a fan. And here we are uh, sitting here. It's as you guys listen to this, it's February the 15th. The offseason is officially here for the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot of business to get to. There's a big, big shakeup in the po- in the podcast network, in the Blogging the Boys podcast network. So be sure to check out their website and, and all their social medias for all those updates. RJ Ochoa is, is shuffling some stuff around, but just know that first and 10 are your boys to kick it off. We are the triplets of the Blogging the Boys podcast network. So for Dave Sturchio and, of course, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of the First and Ten podcast on the network. Be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to do all those fun things you do as a uh, as a listener. It helps us out. And, of course, it gives us a promotion and raises, and all of a sudden we get the big contracts, and it's going to be great. So just leave a good review for us, all three of us. Say how wonderful we are. And if we're not good, all right, if we're not good, let us know what we could do better, okay? Let us know what we could do better for you guys. So, once again, from Dave Sturcio, Aiden Davis, and, of course, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of First and Ten, and we'll see you guys next time.